Hello, everybody. I am audio editor Sarah Schleed, and I am here with a very special guest, um, Neelam. Why don't you introduce yourself? Hi, I'm Neelam Bora. I'm a projects reporter and a news desk editor at the Texan. So, Neelam, tell me about this uh, project that you wrote. So, this project is about World Kidney Day, which is on March 12th, and March 12th is also the anniversary of my own kidney transplant surgery. So um, to kind of to celebrate that, but also to just appreciate the coincidence, I reached out and found two other UT students who have had kidney transplants, and I decided to kind of shine a light on our experiences. Uh, And so how did you go about finding these other sources that you included in your story? Yeah, so um, for Mason... Mason Betts, I actually wrote a story about him last semester. He was a student who was on dialysis at the time, which at that time I was looking to write that story. And I found him by um, kind of tweeting and posting on Facebook groups, asking if anyone knew a student on dialysis. And I had someone I know reach out to me and let me know that about Mason. And with me, I found her also last semester while looking for a student on dialysis in a different way, I actually called every dialysis clinic in Austin over the span of a week um, asking, because I know they can't tell me who's there because of, you know, medical privacy. But I would say if you have a UT student or have had a UT student at your clinic, here's my contact information. Here's my name. Here's what I'm trying to do. Please let them know. And that's how I found me. Wow. And and so what um, kind of inspired you to make this a story about other people who have also gone through this rather than maybe like writing a piece just documenting your experience? Um, I think that our experience with this specific health problem of kidney failure and this major surgery is just something that I found really, really isolating, just like as someone my age. Um, Mm -hmm. I think whenever you go something or you go through something that's really hard, it's easier when you're with people who are kind of going through it with you. And I think I spent a really long time trying to find people like that, just, you know, that I could joke about, you know, people, because most of the people with kidney failure are pretty old at this point, everyone I've interacted with. Um, and I just really, really wanted to highlight how how isolating it is. And and having two other people who have gone through it just felt, like, really special. And I wanted to talk about that. Yeah. And um, just, like, as, like, in-depth as you, like, feel comfortable going, do you mind kind of, like, describing um, your experience, like, getting a kidney transplant? Um, I know it's in, in the story a little bit, but, like, for the listeners... Yeah. So um, I actually didn't know that I had any kidney disease or any kind of chronic illness until um, the break of my freshman year of college. Um, Basically, I was having some weird symptoms. I ended up going to the emergency room and they found out that my kidneys had already failed before I even knew anything was wrong with me. And um, Basically, over a course of a month and a half, they were doing different treatments and trying to figure out, first of all, what disease I had. It ended up being an autoimmune disease. And second of all, how to treat it. 
at first they thought maybe I wouldn't have to do dialysis. So I wasn't. And then I started um, training for dialysis. But before I had to start it, um, I had found a donor. Um, In the meantime of that different treatments, I'd also registered for the kidney transplant list. Mm -hmm. And um, this woman, this who I'd never met before, she was friends with my own high school journalism teacher. But I, like I said, she was a stranger to me. She heard about my situation through my high school journalism teacher, and she decided to get tested. I still don't really understand why. And she matched, and she decided to go through with it. So we actually met three days before the surgery for the first time. Mm -hmm. And it was like, um, I would say like a four or five hour long meeting. And it was really nice because we found out we had so much in common almost immediately. It was almost weird. And... Yeah, we had the surgery three days later. Everything went well. She's doing great now. So am I. And I've gotten really close with her since then. That's so that's so nice. And and so like what other ways have you kind of like been able to find like community and like camaraderie after that experience? Um, I definitely looked a lot. I first I joined some Facebook groups that were about kidney disease, but even though there were thousands of people in those groups, it seemed like all of them were at least like at the least 30. It was mm-hmm. very hard to find anyone who was because at the time I was still 19. So it was hard to find anyone in their teens who had gone through this. Mm-hmm. And then um, once I came back to UT last fall, I joined CMHC has a chronic illness um, support group. Mm-hmm. And I joined that kind of hoping that maybe even if it wasn't the same kind of experience that we could talk about kind of the impacts. And that helped a little. But I think because all the people in that group had such different illnesses that they were dealing with, it was kind of hard to find a middle ground besides the fact that we were young. (laughs) And because of that, it, it wasn't as helpful. So that's been part of it. And the other part of it is, I mean, my family watched me go through it. I had some friends who were there for it who, even though they didn't experience it themselves, they were definitely there for me. And it that definitely helps. Yeah. And and so what was it like to um, interview these people who had had that similar experience and are like a similar age to you? It was so, so great. Um, The first time I interviewed Mason was last semester when he was on dialysis. And those interviews were very different than the one we did for this story. I think in those, I could tell how how much of a toll it was taking on him. He seemed very tired. He seemed kind of out of it, you know. Um, We still were able to kind of bond throughout the interviews. Um, One of the funny things with both me and Mason is that I will be asking them questions and recording, but then we get sidetracked for 30 minutes talking about some weird tangential experience that we both had. And it's just so weird to be able to talk about it with someone. Mm -hmm. So with Mason now, it was kind of talking about how weird it is that another person gave us their kidney, (laughs) that another person was willing to do that. And how do we how do we treat that person for the rest of our lives? For Mason, it was his dad. And he said, you know, he was already close with his dad. And now there is kind of this weird, this mix of indebtedness and also gratitude, but also knowing that you don't necessarily have to put that person on a pedestal for the rest of your life. It's very weird. So yeah. just being able to talk to someone about that is so comforting. Mm-hmm. Um, and can you, um, again, kind of just like go through a little bit of what um, like 
Mason's experience was? Yeah, so Mason was actually born with one kidney only and also was already diseased. So he kind of grew up knowing that there might be something wrong with it eventually. It lasted pretty long, but it did end up failing um, the summer after his freshman year of college. So he had to start emergency dialysis and he was doing dialysis for six months. He found out his dad matched with him and they scheduled the surgery for December, but he still did end up having to, you know, take his full course load and work and also manage dialysis on top of that. But he had his transplant in December last year and he's doing great right now. Can you explain um, what like dialysis is a little bit more for people who might not know? Yeah. So, Dialysis is basically when a machine cleans out or at least removes the toxins from the blood since the kidneys can't. That's the kidneys, one of their main functions. So there are two types of dialysis and both of them. The general concept is there's some type of machine that's using different things to help remove all the toxins out of your blood. Mm. And, And it sounds like a very emotionally draining process in the meantime as well. Yeah, it's very draining. I mean, in hemo, which Mason did for a bit, um, it's it's like for three hours or four hours, three days a week, you're just sitting in a chair watching your blood go through a machine and cut, put back into you. And it's just, it's very unpleasant. It's very exhausting. It's it's something that you really like don't want to have to think about. Um, with knee, with the other type of dialysis, which uses a tube in your stomach, um, mm-hmm. You know, they do it at night while they're sleeping. And Ni used to say that, like, she couldn't move at all during that whole process. So she didn't sleep very well when she was doing it. And you kind of would have to constantly, like, deal with the machine and it would beep throughout the night. So it's something that it takes a lot of energy out of you, both because, you know, you're acknowledging it emotionally, but also because physically you're literally your blood is getting taken out of your body and put back in. Yeah. And um, in Nee's story, could you um, summarize hers a little as well? Yeah, so she found out that her kidneys were failing when she was a freshman in high school. And it wasn't as bad when she first found out. So they started different treatments on her, different steroids and things. But throughout high school, she had different problems for months at a time. I know she missed part of her sophomore year. She was good for most of her junior year. And then her senior year, second semester is when things got really bad. She had to start um, the stomach tube dialysis. And she was actually in the hospital for a month doing that because it was so painful and difficult for her. Luckily, she got a call from um, the donor list. So that's when someone who's registered as an organ donor passes away. And they had a match for her. So she was able to get that surgery before she graduated high school. Wow. And do you have an idea of how many people there are at UT um, who have gone through this? So it's been pretty hard to figure out how many. Um, I did get a report from University Health Services last semester that said only three people were registered with University Health Services as people with chronic kidney disease and only one of those people were currently on dialysis at that time. And n- I am one of those people. Mm. Nee and Mason are both not registered, so they're not accounted for in that report. So there are at least two other people, if they're still on campus, that I've not been able to identify. 
I see. And so what do you hope people um, learn by reading your story? I hope people learn that there are just so many different experiences that people can go through that people can look fine on the surface and you might not be able to tell that they had a major surgery three months ago or one year ago or two years ago even, but it still has an effect on them daily in their routine and the medicines we take and the water we have to drink and avoid and getting sick. But also just there is a mental drain when you look back on it and realize how much you had to go through. And I think I just want people to understand that everyone on campus kind of has a story and you should always be watching out to make sure that you, you know, you're aware of that. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for uh, sitting down with me and talking about this. Yeah, of course. 